Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast with your hosts, best-selling children's author Amy Parker and author and co-creator of VeggieTales, Mike Naraki. If instilling biblical values in kids is important to you, this podcast will help give you the resources, wisdom, and hope to do just that. Now let's join our hosts, Amy and Mike, for this week's episode. Welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast. I'm Mike Naraki. And I'm Amy Parker, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with recording artist and author Ellie Holcomb. But before we dive into our talk with Ellie, let's start with a Bible verse. Mike? Yeah, and today's verse is Psalm 143.5 from the English Standard Version. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. Do you ever forget to remember what's true? Well, sometimes remembering is hard to do. That's how Ellie's new book, Don't Forget to Remember, starts, and we would love to hear more. Ellie, welcome to the Bible for Kids podcast. Hi, guys. It's so good to be here with you. And Ellie, we've met very briefly just once. Um, uh, a number of months ago, we both presented for Lipscomb's, uh, Lipscomb University's convocation for the start of the school That's year. Right back in August, which now with everything going on feels like an eternity ago. <laughs> so, and, uh, so we just passed each other on stage. We didn't get a chance to talk then, but I'm so glad that we can now. Um, and so this is your second book, but if I may, can we go back uh, and talk about your first book for a second, Who Sang the First Song? Because that yes. led to the album, Sing Creation Songs, uh, which led to a devil award, not rivalry between you and I, <laughs> or, or I should say Michael W. Smith, Tyler Smith and I, uh, for, for our love, lullaby album. And um, so, I, I, so I work with your dad, Brown, at, at Lipscomb, and we had a little reverse pregame trash talking going on. <laughs> so I, so I, said, I said, you're going to win for sure. And he said, no, you're going to win for sure. And, and guess what? Neither of us won. We, <laughs> so. we, both, we lost together. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love it so, so much. So the Bethel music won. Wah, wah, wah. But, uh, but wah, it, was a great, it was a great album, and uh, we can't wait to hear more about uh, the music that you have uh, coming out along with, with your new book. So. Uh, awesome. So. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Well, good game, you know, yeah. air five. <laughs> <laughs> we tried. Yeah, we tried. Um, and I man, love reverse trash talk too. I feel like we need a little more reverse trash talk in the world. <laughs> you're going to win. No, you're no, going to win. Gonna win. <laughs> hey, by the way, I do love that record that you guys made. I listened through the whole thing and I just, and not just once, but it just is, it's amazing. So well done, sir. Oh, well, thank you so much. Win. Well, it helps when you have Michael W. Smith singing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty great, yeah. <laughs> awesome. uh, so, Ellie, that. what inspired you to write your second book? Uh, it's a board book for young children. Um, and how did you come up with the idea for Don't Forget to Remember? Sure. So, I'm the oldest of five kids. And um, we I had one very particularly forgetful brother. Um, and so almost every day we would be halfway to school and he would pipe up from the back seat and say, mom, I forgot to remember my backpack or mom, I forgot to remember my lunch or mom, 
I promise you, he said this one day, mom, I forgot to remember my shoes. <laughs> this sounds exactly like my 18 year old son. Uh, oh, good. We have actually had this happen before. We had to drive all the way back home and get the shoes. And then we were late for school. I don't know. Guys, I don't know how you forget is... shoes, but we did. Somehow you do. He always managed. He never forgot his breakfast that morning. He would always have like a pop tart in hand like that took the precedence, I think, over everything else. So but that became kind of a phrase in our family that we would repeat day in and and day out like, oh, I forgot to remember this. And so I just thought um, when it was time for me to write the second book, um, I, you know, I've got three young kids of Emmylou Huck and Rivers, seven, four and 19 months. And our 19 month old um, is a party. He, we call him a joy tornado. He loves uh, toilets and choking hazards and climbing. So we are busy at home Oh, he's right looking now. for a way to kill himself. Yes, it That's is not. My, literally, yeah. I'm like, oh Lord, we made it through another day. Thank you. Um, I, I'll send y'all a picture later of him just standing in the toilet. I, but literally, he had his rain boots on. So it was, there was, it was great. there was, was poop in the toilet, but he did oh, have his no. rain boots. So it's like. I was going to ask is, if he was fishing for trout but that's going to be worse. <laughs> At least he had boots on. Uh, we just wash those off in the tub. So anyway, it, it is it is a full-time job being a mom to three young kids. And so there's so many things that I am telling them um, throughout the day, like uh, don't don't stand in the toilet and uh, and also wash your hands before we eat and say please and thank you and we we need to share and and we're gonna go potty before we leave the house although we're not leaving the house right now um, and so I there are so but at the end of the day sometimes I get through these busy days um, as a mom to young kids and I'm like have I told them anything that actually matters and a lot of times my answer is like nope we're alive. <laughs> uh, we didn't, we, I'm not sure that I've told them the things that I really want them to know about how God loves them, that, that whether they're up high or down low, whether they're glad or sad, like he is with them and, and his mercy never runs out on them. And he made them on purpose for a purpose. And it's an adventure to follow him. And so um, I just thought, man, what if I could write a book that would be, because at the end of the day, even though they're crazy days. We always do a couple things. We always read books and we sing and we snuggle and we pray. Mm -hmm. And so I just thought, man, what if I could write a book that would be kind of like a campfire to gather around as a family, to huddle around as a family, to warm our hearts and our minds by the light of God's love? Uh, what, are, what are the things at the end of the day that I really want my kids to know? What if I could write those into a children's book? And so that is how Don't Forget to Remember was born. Well, that's perfect. And it leads right into the next question that I have for you. How can parents use this book to spark conversations with their kids on God's creation and, and how and why he made us? Sure. I love that question because that's exactly what I hope this book will do is be a conversation starter. Um, so I base the book out of Psalm 19, which says the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies proclaim his handiwork. And I just started thinking, I was trying to think of, because kids are so tangible, right? Like they're, they're total literalist, realist. Like they just, it's the, they see what they see and they talk about it plainly. And so I just was thinking, how can I help my kids hold on to some of these truths that I want them to know. And when I was reading Psalm 19, I was like, oh my goodness, the earth, creation, they love being outside. And if creation is singing the song of God's glory, like 
how does the chorus go? What do the verses say? Like, I, I want to I turn, I hope that this book turns the volume up on creation song. And so every single page is based on some beautiful thing in creation that's just outside that you can talk about any day because you can look out your window and see the birds singing over you. What, okay, what are the birds telling us about, about God? Well, they tell us that God sings songs over us or that we don't have to worry about any day in our life because what, look, they have food. Did they go to the grocery store? No, <laughs> God's feeding them. He's taking care of them and he's going to take care of us. So I, I hope that, that the book will kind of help parents and kids uh, look for clues in creation and that as they find those clues and discover those clues, it will be like following a map to the sweetest treasure that I've ever known, which is the treasure of God's love for us. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and it's just so gorgeous. And your first book, Who Sang the First Song, um, the illustrations are gorgeous there too. And so um, obviously you've worked with the same illustrator, Kayla Heron again. How was the yeah. process this time around? Um, as a second time author, did you feel like you knew some stuff going in or was it? Well, um, I knew how talented she was. <laughs> yeah, it was. I just, I was like, oh, I can ask for a lot because you are gifted. And so it, it is so funny, my requests and my kids' requests, because I call my kids my editors, because I would run the book oh, yeah. and the illustrations and the songs by them, have my little like test audience in my own home. And so it was so funny because uh, they kind of learned that they could request different things too. And so they were like, oh, um, she, Kayla was kind enough to draw my kids into several of the spreads in the book, Aww. which is so sweet. So they were like, um, mommy, can Miss Kayla put us in a hot air balloon? But we would also like to be in there with a the sloth and a red fox. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's some of my favorite emails to go back and forth because Kayla and I've never met in person. So um, she would send this beautiful spread and I would be like, oh my goodness, I love the polar bear. Can you make him look a little less fluffy on the bottom like or <laughs> could you make that lion look a little less hungry when he's roaring with the little girl in that spread or uh Emmy Lou had was is on the cover of the first my little girl is on the cover of the first book and Kayla originally drew that with there was a frog on Emmy Lou's head and she goes mommy I do not want a frog on my head I would like a flower <laughs> crown and so it is just it's just been delightful it has been the, like my favorite emails that I've ever sent have been the emails between uh, me and Kayla. And what oh. a memory too, what a legacy to leave with your kids. Like you guys created all of this together. And so when you say, don't forget to remember, they're going to see other things that they're not going to forget to remember in, in their, you know, the formative years of their childhood. They're going to see that in, in both of these books. It is. Thank you for saying that. I think that has been um, the sweetest part of this process is, you know, you obviously write a book and you, and you want to write it for other kids. But for me, I'm like, these are my kids. And so it's been really yeah. sweet um, to see them take ownership in some of these ideas too. And, you know, we, the day that the book released, um, that we were supposed to release, don't forget to remember, uh, was literally the day after the tornado hit Nashville. I mean, just oh, like, and wow. it went right behind our house. So we, we actually didn't officially release the book 
the next day for obvious reasons. First of all, we had no power for like a week after that. Um, but it was such a scary storm. And it, it, and I ended up the next, on the release day, I ended up with 10 different children in our neighborhood at our house because we didn't have, we had damaged to our house, but no shattered glass inside. So there were a couple of kids who really couldn't be safely in their own homes. And so I just brought them to my house and we had balloons and flowers and the book out. And so they all saw the book and they were like, they all call me Lily. And they were like, Lily, can we read your book today? And and I was like, they were like, what are all these balloons for? I was like, well, I was supposed to release the book, but we're, we're not going to release it today because we just need to, you know, kind of help our neighbors and show up and kind of pick up the pieces after this storm. And they're like, well, can you read it to us? So we end up reading it, y'all. And there's a line in the book. There's a spread that is after a storm. It talks about when you see a rainbow after the rain, don't forget to remember God's love stays the same. On glad days and sad days, God's near and he knows he can use any storm to make good things grow. And they were like, Lily, mm -hmm. did you write that about the tornado? And I was like, no, but <laughs> yes, he is. He's still here. And do you think you can see anything good already growing? And so they were like, we can, we can already see good. And they talked about strangers coming to help them pick up the pieces from their house. And they talked about how we were getting to spend time with our friends afterwards on a day when we wouldn't normally get to. And another little girl piped up and she was like, I've had so many people just hug me and tell me that they love me today. And so we are seeing God bring good things, even after that really really scary storm. And I do think he was with us. And I, y'all, I am just sobbing. I'm like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and so to walk around our neighborhood after the tornado, and then in this COVID-19 crisis, like we are, it's the season of spring where things look dead, but, but new life is springing up from dead things. And so it has been so sweet. My kids are like, mom, mom, look, new life is coming. It's true. God really does make all things new and he's, he's going to make us new and, and we're going to be okay. Right. And so yeah. I feel like what's happening is my kids are preaching the gospel not just to themselves, but to me. And so I'm yeah. just so grateful. I'm so grateful um, for for the timing of the release of this book. It's been good, I think, for my kids, but it's definitely been good for my own weary, forgetful heart. Yeah, I, I, love, what, I love what you say about your, your kids preaching the gospel to you because, you know, that's so true that that's happened with my own kids. Just what you see reflecting back from them reminds you of God's truth and, and you know, how, how they're looking at it through their eyes. And it's so beautiful. And is that it not is. the best release party ever? <laughs> I know. I just was like, this is what this book is for. <laughs> so it, it really, I, I feel it, that's exactly right. It, it, it released on the exact day. God knew, you know, um, he wasn't surprised by that. And he's not surprised by this, by this crisis that we're this health crisis that we're all in. And when you look outside, like creation, isn't worried. It's still, yeah. the sun's still coming up every day. The birds are still us, singing. Like, the birds are <laughs> yeah. still singing. Spring is still coming. The flowers are still growing. And I, I think a lot of days I look outside and I just take a deep breath and, and, say, okay, yeah, it's going to be okay. We don't, we don't have to worry. We can tune into this song that creation is singing and remember that God's a good father who's going to take care of us, even in the midst of this kind of scary and uncertain time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's go ahead and take a short break and we will be right back on the Bible for Kids podcast. Where is wisdom? 
Where is Wisdom takes us on a creative tour through the beautiful truths found in Job 28. I don't know about you, but the book of Job can be a challenging read. Yet Scott James gets to the heart of the poem that Job 28 is. He so simply yet creatively shares the message that the greatest treasure is found in God and in the wisdom that he alone can provide, a truth that everyone needs to hear. Epic Devotions, 52 Weeks in the Story that Changed the World, is a collection of insightful devotions which explore biblical events in a way that is relevant and exciting. You'll enjoy BNH Kids Books' special feature, Parent Connection, an easy tool to help you engage in meaningful discussions with your family. Available everywhere books are sold. Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, is back. In his hilarious new chapter book series, 10-year-old Michael and his friend Justin sneak into the Dead Sea Caves near the archaeological dig where Michael's dad is working. Michael finds a couple of 2,000-year-old squirrels petrified in sea salt. Hijinks ensue as Michael tries to bring them back to the U.S., hidden in his backpack. What Michael thinks are just cool souvenirs may turn out to be something much more. The Dead Sea Squirrels series is humorous, fun, and filled with character-building lessons. As co-creator of VeggieTales, co-founder of Big Idea Entertainment, and the voice of the beloved Larry the Cucumber, Mike Naraki has been dedicated to helping parents pass on biblical values to their kids through storytelling for over two decades. To find your own Dead Sea Squirrels, head over to Tyndale.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookstore. We are back on the Bible for Kids podcast, and we're talking with Ellie Holcomb today. Ellie, you were talking a little bit about your, your own kids and their inspiration, but can you dive into that a little bit more, how your own kids influence the words and, and inspiration behind the story? Absolutely. Um, so when I came up with this idea, don't forget to remember, I was like, you know, I was at a cookout one day with a bunch of families and just people were doing life with and and they had all their kids there as well. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do some market research and just go around and ask <laughs> the kids. And so I literally went around at this cookout and just said, okay, tell me the things that are the most important, the most important things that you need to remember. And so they went around and they said things like that God is a good father, that he made us all good. Um, they said things like that God is always with us. And even when we're scared, God is with us and he's bigger than anything we're scared of. And I was just like, okay, guys, well, you write the book. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. And then sweet, sweet little Jane, who's a dear, dear friend. We actually just did a, a drive-by uh, parade for her birthday. Um, she lives in our neighborhood. And, and I said, Jane, what is the most important thing that you need to remember about God? And she said, well, I need to remember that God never forgets me. And I was like, well, thank you for the closing line of my, that is like, don't forget to remember the, so the book ends just saying, and even on days you forget what is true. Don't forget to remember God won't forget you. And I Aww. love it. So oh, that's awesome. It's so true. Cause there are days that we are so forgetful. And I think that's why, you know, he decided he knew that we might forget. And so he was like, it's cool guys. I'm going to write it up in the sky every morning with the sun and every season in the spring and at night in the stars, I'm going to put the stars in the sky to remind you that light is always stronger than darkness. <laughs> and yeah. I just, I just feel like he knew that we might need some help. And so yeah. he, he wrote his story and his love and his beauty and his kindness yeah. into creation. <laughs> Yeah, 
So how do you hope parents and kids, it sounds like maybe more parents, <laughs> the kids already know all this stuff. Um, so how do you hope they, yeah, how do you hope they grow from reading? Don't forget to remember. I think if anything, um, I love this idea. I think that as followers of Jesus, our work is to remember. Um, and like I said, I, I, I don't know about y'all. I'm a worrier. And I feel like if you are a parent, sometimes just you care so much about your kids. It's really hard to not worry about them. You just, cause you love yeah. them so much. You don't want anything hard to happen. And yet, you know that it will. And, um, and so I think, um, my hope is that it really, that, that this book really, it will be, um, like, well, and I wrote songs to go along with it too, so that it's sort of like the truth of who God is, of his faithfulness would be the song that gets stuck in our head rather than, I don't know, for me, I never get to the end of the day where I've really been worrying about something. And I'm like, I feel so much better because I worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's never Good actually how that goes. That. Right, yeah. right, right. And so I, I think my hope is that this book would put parents and kids on, on that it would put on repeat, uh, the truths of God's faithfulness and his goodness, that those would be the things that we switch, stop looking at the worries and that we look at creation and at the truth that creation communicates about God's faithfulness, even in the midst of sad and rainy days, even in the midst of storms. And so, um, that it would sort of be like the truth getting stuck in parents and kids' hearts. That's what I need anyway. And so I guess that's my hope for, for other parents and children. Well, and that whole idea of repeat is, is so much a part of the heart of music and, and writing in, in verse. And so as a, as a singer-songwriter, um, you know, writing in verse is something you're well-practiced in. And you toured with your husband, Drew, uh, for a number of years. And, you know, you're obviously a, a Dove Award-winning artist. And then uh, you put out Red Sea Road in 2017. So what's the process been like for you as a songwriter to write in verse and then uh, later translate those to music? Or do you, you know, does the melody and the verse come along uh, in your head at the same time? And, and, you know, how, how does that all work when you're, when, when you're working on the process book? Work? Yeah. 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 I love, I love that question. I, I could tell that question comes from you, a writer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, that is awesome. Um, but I, I loved, so it was different for me for, for both books, for the first one, the verse, the, you know, the book came first and, mm -hmm. um, I was doing errands in Nashville. I had written this book that I really loved and was so excited about. And I wanted to write music to go along with it because I think sometimes for me, I mean, this is why I do music is, um, you know, I sit in God's word and I started writing music because, um, I was memorizing scripture with a friend of mine who battled depression. And, um, we realized there were so many lies that we believe and we needed to desperately like anchor down in the truth rather than just say, that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. We needed like something sturdier, um, to stand on. And so, um, the music that I write is all just me sitting in scripture and then letting song come out. And so it's saying like, God, I believe this, but help my unbelief. And maybe if I can sing this, um, for whatever reason, the way that I'm wired is, if, if I can sing it, it helps me believe it. Yeah. And there's something about that repetition and the connection that song makes from our head to our heart, because we become a part of proclaiming and, and sort of preaching that good news to our own 
weary and forgetful hearts. And so I just thought, I know, I knew that I wanted to write music to go along with the book because songs have helped me so much in my life, hang on yeah. to the truth. And so I was um, driving around in my minivan one day, I'd already written the book and all of a sudden the melody for the book like hit me and I was like, oh! and so I like pulled over cause you know, safety first and got out my little voice and sang it in the car cause I didn't want to forget it. Uh -huh. So that, um, the song very much came after the book. Well, when I was writing this second book, as I was writing, this melody came to me and I was like, this almost feels more like writing a song. And yeah. so honestly, I used this same melody. That's the melody of the song. Don't forget to remember that's on that's the first track of sing remembering songs. Yeah. Um, that melody came to me and I, and honestly, it was such a great editing tool because there were so, I just had to, you know, the book can only be so long. It's a 12 right. page board book and you <laughs> right. don't want yeah, yeah. so many words on each page. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. pictures do a lot of the talking. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I kept singing and, and I would sing. So my first like song, my first version of the book was like a seven minute song. And I was like, that will never do. <laughs> first course, first course bridge. That's it. That's exactly right. Like, so we're going to have to, we're going to, have to, uh, we're gonna have to edit some, some of these illustrations, even though I love all of them so much, we're gonna have to edit those down. And, and actually the song of my, the second book is actually even edited down. I had to take out a, two of the spreads of the book to make the song just feel the most right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, but it was a great, the melody, it, it really was, it was like a really wonderful editing tool for me. And I loved it because my, um, my, my publisher, my, my contact at BNH, who really helped me work through the whole process, Michelle, she would be like, Ellie, every time you send me a new update, I'm just singing it. And I was like, I know me too. <laughs> so we would be, when we were in the editing process, we'd be like, da, 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 da. Oh yeah, that won't work. We need less syllables in that phrase. So it was super, it was a great editing tool. That's awesome. The second time I, I should probably try that going forward is just to sing all of my books for, for help, help with editing. So did you work with your dad again on this one, on the, on the second did. album? Yeah, I did, which has been so sweet because one, he's my dad. And then two, yeah. he's the grandfather of my kids. As it turns out, that's how that works. Um, and, and the kids, well, I'm going to do the flow the chart on that came, one. <laughs> yeah, the flow chart. Yeah. Do you guys know about family? Um, so um, we just like, it, it has been such a joy um, to work with him over the years. He's been a part of every record that I've ever made personally. And then with any of the records that my husband has ever made, we always sit down with him and, and have like a pre-production meeting. So he's been a part of all the music that we've made, which has been so sweet, but this has been especially sweet because um, the kids came in and sang on both of these records and, Aww. and pop pop was behind the console, you know, and so Aww. that's what they call him pop pop uh, because he would always give Emily Emily called popsicles pop pops and yeah and every time she asked my dad for a popsicle he gave her one because that's what grandparents do and so his name <laughs> yeah. became pop pop oh that's so awesome well so love... he is he has been a sweet thing to have him a part of both of these projects and then the other guy who um the other producer on on the two kids records is Nathan Duggar and he I wrote a lot of the songs with them and he's actually my husband's guitar player um but is an incredible songwriter and and producer as well so it's been really fun to kind of bring our musical family and my actual family together together well that's so cool and 
And, um, you know, my, my next question for you has to do with family. And we touched on a little bit because, you know, we're, we're all dealing with quarantine now and, and you know, in this season. And, and how are you and your family doing with that? I know my wife, Lisa, and I, um, we've actually loved getting the chance to spend more time with our kids. We, we'd recently become uh, empty, full, full empty nesters with our youngest going away to college. And then now, bam, we're all back together again. <laughs> so it's, it's, wow. it's kind of, it's that, that's been neat uh, for us to kind of enjoy that. But, but how is school playtime with them, being away from their friends? I mean, how, how, how are you all dealing with all that with your kids? Yeah, well, congrats on a full home again. That's a really <laughs> sweet gift. I just, yeah. I, I have been preparing. I've just, I've been like sad about my kids leaving before I ever even had a kid. I, when I was pregnant <laughs> with Emily, I was like oh. eight and a half months pregnant and we got a wedding invitation in the mail and I just opened it and started crying and Drew was like, what is wrong? And I was like, she's going to get married and leave us. And he was like, she isn't you, born yet. Like, and then you, you like time. crank up butterfly kisses and then you're <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm like, it's going too fast. And he was like, she's not on the outside. Um, you need to calm down. Like you have lots of time. Um, so I always, and that is like the hardest part of my job. I love what we get to do, but there, but I do have to leave my kids and it's my least favorite thing. And then my favorite thing about our job is we get to, well, one of my favorite things is when we bring our kids on the road with us, that is a really, that's a really sweet thing. And we had actually just gotten off the road as a family. We spent the whole month of February, almost every day, I think 26 of the days, no, 24 of the days we were on the road playing shows. My husband and I together, we brought the kids for most of that. Um, her school's real supportive and gives us her work and lets her keep up. She's just in first grade. So she, they let her keep up with the work um, while we're, she's on a bus, waking up in a different city every day. And I had actually, before all the COVID stuff um, happened, I'm really grateful we got to do that tour for a variety of reasons, both just for our souls, for our family, financially, like it just feels like a gift in a lot of ways. Um, but I had told Drew, our kids were waking up in a different city every day, going to a different children's museum or art museum or science museum. Like we were getting after some life. And I was like, Drew, our kids need to be bored. Like they just need <laughs> some time to yeah, be like, yeah. you know, like just bored and see what happens with that. And so it has been, I think that has been my favorite part of this. I've loved all being together, even though there are stressful times of that for sure, aka toddler in the toilet. Um, but it, <laughs> Which it, sounds it like a great name for a new book, by the way. Toddler in the toilet. That's a great, that'll be the next one. Um, it'll be a, maybe it'll be a potty training book. Um, <laughs> there you go. But I um, am so, I just, I'm so grateful for the space um, for them to be bored and creative. Like I, I looked on the side, we have a little side porch that we turfed uh, that yeah. just the kids can go out on and they can't escape it. So that's good because they, you know, we can see them. Yeah. And I looked out there and they had a magnifying glass and a bucket of water and some soap suds and on the fire pit, they had all the, the fire wasn't going, but they had all their cars. And I just, yeah. I loved, and then there was a butterfly net and I'm just like, they're just making their own fun. Currently connected to my window is a bucket with string on it and and we're passing messages from my window down to the side. Oh, that's so cool. It's it's been a really um 
it's been a really sweet time. I think for us to have, um, we've, we're obviously on a more of a schedule than we've ever had and a rhythm than we've ever had of doing homeschool in the mornings and then playing and creating. We listen to an audio book for an hour every day in the afternoons while the baby is napping and um, we're sitting down to meals together. We're reading, we're doing a family devotion in the mornings, which we haven't always been able to pull it together uh, to do, to get to school on time before now. And so there have been some, um, some serious gifts, um, to this. And then even just a daily walk around the same time every day outside and waving to neighbors as we walk by. So there's, there've been some gifts to this season. Um, even though it's, there are hard things about it. There are, um, there's for sure some, a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. And on the, on the other side of this, um, do you have, are there plans for new music? Are you getting any writing time? Um, or is there touring that's going to start again that's been put on hold? Yeah, so we are, I mean, like so many people, we're just trying to pivot, you know, because yeah. we don't, all, we've had all of our shows cancel for the last two months. And, and really right now through May and starting now in June, they're starting to cancel. And so, um, there is a lot of like uncertainty and unknown with that, but I love my husband's very creative. He has an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and so he was just like, okay, he's an aide on the Enneagram. So he's like, we're going to take this crisis. <laughs> and we're going to roll with it. And so um, very early on, he um, said, you know, songs have gotten us through so much. They've brought us joy. They've helped us feel less alone in our sorrow. And he was like, you and I, we're going to sing every night in our kitchen and we're going to call it, we're going to sing other people's songs and we're going to call it kitchen covers. I so love it. I've been watching and I love it. And yeah, I love we, the little yeah. skillet, um, um, logo and oh, every skillet logo. Yeah. The kitchen yes. covers. So and we sang just, home, we were, which I just love. Um, good. Yeah, and I had a yeah. salt shaker. I had the Morton <laughs> salt <laughs> shaker. Um, but we, it has been such a joy, um, to do that and to, and to hear from so many people who are just needing new rhythms and new things to look forward to, um, while they're at home. And so, um, so we're actually like recording remotely safely, like from the context of our own home. Um, and then we have a studio that we went to where they sanitized everything and just drew and I went in. So nobody else was there, but in another room was the engineer. And so we just, we, um, have recorded some of those kitchen covers and did a pre-order of vinyl. Um, and all of the proceeds of that are going to just help keep our band and our staff employed, um, during this time. And then we've done a couple online concerts, uh, where we just have like a tip jar, a Venmo tip jar. For <laughs> Venmo that tip jar. That's thing. awesome. Yeah. I love that. It has yeah. been so beautiful, um, to still have ways of connecting to other people with music. We're doing another concert on May 3rd, live from our living room. We switched from the kitchen to the living room for the concert. And um, <laughs> we're singing through one of Drew's old records, Good Light. And um, and people tune in and those little hearts start going. And it's amazing how it helps me feel. And I think from the feedback we're getting from other people feel connected. And so we're working on that. I'm releasing a, a new single that I wrote um, on May 8th. Uh, that, I, again, I wrote it and I didn't know that we were going to be in this season, but it feels very timely. It's called constellations. And so that's coming out pretty soon. So we're still creating. It just looks a little different than it did before. Yeah. yeah. So, so Ellie, where can people find out more information about you, your books and your music? 
Yeah. So ellieholcomb.com, you do L-E-E-L-L-I-E and then Holcomb's just H-O-L, comb your hair, C-O-M-B. <laughs> uh, so you can find me there. I'm Ellie Holcomb on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're all the places, Spotify. Um, and so the books, and you can get the books on Amazon too, but I know they're encouraging people to not order like not essential things on Amazon. So you can find the books at ellieholcomb.com or um, lifeway.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ellie, for taking time to hang out with us today to fit another thing into your home schedule, which I know is, is sort of difficult to do right now. Um, uh, and it's so great to be with y'all and to get to have conversation. It feels like I got to have coffee with friends. At my yes. House. That's awesome. yes. <laughs> um, and listeners, we are always giving away free stuff on the Bible for kids to see how to win a copy of Ellie's latest book. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at the Bible for kids. And you can also learn more on our website at the So thanks everyone for joining us for another episode of the Bible for kids. Thanks for listening to the Bible for Kids podcast with Amy Parker and Mike Naraki. Be sure to connect with the Bible for Kids on Instagram and Facebook and at thebibleforkids.com. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas for future podcasts. You can email us info at thebibleforkids.com. The Bible for Kids podcast is part of the Way Nation podcast network. Find more podcasts at waynation.com.